I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview episode of round five of the 2020, yes, it's still 2020, fantasy season. This episode is brought to you by MLS to New Orleans, because Colorado needs a chance to win the Rocky Mountain Cup too, right? Wait, wait, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, Actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. You guys rock, and uh, I love you. That's that's basically it. I, I love you. <laughs> I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. Hello, fellas. And we'd also like to mm-hmm. welcome our very special guest, Isaac Jensen, a.k.a. Samurai Panda FC, on the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord server. How are you all doing tonight? Doing well. Great. Glad to have you guys here. So we mentioned the Discord server often throughout this podcast about how we have a lot of just top-notch players there. And and so tonight I wanted to bring somebody from Discord onto the show. And I hope to get a couple more people throughout the season if we had time. Who knows what's going to happen. But but Samurai Panda here is very active on Discord, (laughs) is always throwing out suggestions and helping with critiques and things like that and so uh isaac i wanted to bring you out here in particular because i thought you would be a good representative of the community from discord to just chat a little bit about it real quick before we get into the show and if you want to show off any of your credentials go ahead and do that (laughs) sure sure yeah some might say i'm a little too active in the uh discord chat uh my wife specifically (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I've been playing uh, MLS Fantasy since 2017. Uh, when I first started, I was awful, terrible. Started like right in the middle of 30,000 people. Uh, after about three months, I'm like, I need some help. Let's Google this. Let's see what resources there are. I found MLS Fantasy Boss. I started lurking in the chat, and now I'm like one of the most active participants. And it's been uh, quite a boon to my fantasy stats. Uh, that first year, I think I finished in the 700s. Uh, 2018 it was in the 400s last year i think i just missed the top 200 and right now i'm sitting at 155 but i'm down from i started this year round seven rank seven week one rank uh 25 week two and then we all crashed and burned week three that's for sure yes <laughs> but I'm, I'm back up to 155 and i'm feeling pretty good about the season very nice very nice yeah i think we'll we'll get into that in a second when we talk about our our scores i think but this has been a real weird shift back into fantasy with almost relearning some of your techniques and also trying to just ignore apparently everything that happened with mls's back tournament so yeah uh, that was nowhere near as helpful as as we thought just by looking at la galaxy alone so there's uh there's all of that. Well, dude, I am excited to have you on tonight to, to share some live knowledge with everyone who's listening to us and the recorded knowledge in the podcast for this quick turnaround that we have. These these weeks are, are nuts with this adjusted schedule. So uh, I hope everyone was able to get their team set for 
round four, week four, however you would like to call it. I did get a couple of messages of people thanking us for sort of that, that last minute notifications that we sent out. So you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad that you guys saw some tweets and were able to get your teams changed and make some adjustments uh, if you were going to miss that quick turnaround. Uh, it's coming up again, and we'll get to that in our housekeeping section. But first, let's just talk about uh, round four. It was a single game week, so it was a little bit of a pause from the crazy. I don't know if the results actually mirrored <laughs> that pause. So, uh, guys, let's just talk about uh, how you did in round four and just some of your general fantasy takeaways. Let's start with you, Blaine. Yeah, um, huge swing and a miss this week. I probably would have been better if I had just thrown my phone in the trash on whatever day that was and not touched it. But, um, yeah, no, uh, 52 points total. Um, green arrows pretty much everywhere, but my uh, but two head-to-head games, like two of my head-to-head leagues. Um, I don't know how I went up in the overall standings on a week like this. I've got ones and twos all over my lineup. Um, yeah, I, I went ahead and went with where, the peer pressure and I captained Zardes for a total of four points. Um, I was willing to go with Zellerion and that was a three when I took Ladero out for that. I went with Gotti Kinda for his wonderful red card and a single point on the week. Just, um, I banked pretty hard on Pizarro too. I thought they would do more and Pizarro got me a two. I just, I spent a lot of money on a lot of twos and threes this week. And that really, really hurt. And then I decided to channel my inner Mike, and I went with Patrick Mullins on the bench and wasted a forward spot there. Just I just didn't get good points. Really, you never waste a forward spot with Patrick Mullins. It's not really a waste. (laughs) Well, when you see some of the other names that really went off this week, yeah, you kind of wasted a forward spot on Patrick Mullins if you got that single point. How dare you, sir? I mean, even BWP had a better week at the end. What about so. you, Mike? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just coming up, the, the lineups was, was pretty crazy. I mean, we, we if you listen back to our podcast last week, you'll hear most of our podcast was, you know, I'm going to wait for what happens in the second game. And for most of the teams, we didn't get that second game for information that we were really hoping for just to kind of learn, like, what, what's for real? What What is different from MLS is back and not. So, I mean, my week was ended up being pretty crazy. Um I was thinking Josie was going to be back, didn't, and then I had to swap him into Polito, trusting in Blaine and, um, you know, see blame me for yeah. Patrick Mullins. I don't, don't blame do him for Polito. You know, no, uh, I got a three, but I ended up doing okay. I got 78 points overall, which was week, week rank um, 730. Nice. Um, but it looked like it was pretty good in the expert leagues. I'm still thinking there's some, like, some weird hangups with, like, some of the dead teams still outperforming the teams that are doing right now because, like, I'm – doing pretty well in the expert league what what saved me this week was some kind of last minute um switches um the biggest one was um i brought in zimmerin into in the back line he got 11 points um very expensive but he paid off and then I also swapped in uh ladero um when uh, uh carranza didn't do well for miami uh he got eight points off the assists we'll talk about ladero more um later on in the podcast but uh, that really worked for me, and I also captained Pozuelo and avoided the Pity Martinez captain trap, which I think was a big thing this week. Isaac. Yeah, I did pretty well. 86 points, uh, week rank 215. Uh, my two lowest scores are a 2 and a 4. Everything nice. outside of that is 6 and up. 
So I, I did pretty well. I think my instincts were, were recovering from the MLS's back. So <laughs> <laughs> I also captain Pizuelo, so I avoided any of the other captain traps. Yeah, I too went with Pozuelo. I only got 70 points this week. Uh, it was pretty rough. I took a shot at going heavy with defense. After seeing what happened last week with a lot of the clean sheets that we got, I was uh, sort of banking on the idea that maybe we'd have a little bit of a hangover still with some of these teams trying to get everything sorted out and having that weird schedule mix-up where people had to fly over and fly back, that, that maybe that would still have some jet lag. And that did not go as well for me um i i got i got some decent scores uh out of my team um trying to get that loaded up right now here we go i uh it's it's not even showing my team this is so weird because i know that it's it was not that bad team. uh well no that's weird there it is that's <laughs> like i'm loading I'm, i had one tab open i'm like where's my team and it's like no this is this is my team for week for week five but i'm trying to look at my old team uh, which I wish I had my team for week five last week. Um, so I actually hit with several of my midfielders, Valeri, Ladero, Pozuelo, audited well for me. I had Pavone and I had Bo on my bench. So I had several guys who did really well, but I did a last minute switch to Zellerion, which probably yeah, would since really I, well. so he, he did not do as well, but my original midfielder, I don't think did as well either. Uh, but really what it was is I had, I had, uh, Butner and Smith all on my bench and Pity Martinez. I put Martinez on the bench, which was mm. something I was very happy I did. Um, and those switcheroos didn't work out for me. I also tried to do a keeperoo with uh, Blake and Bingham, and and so that that last minute goal uh, by San Jose really really hurt me as well. <laughs> I was I was just I was just banking a lot on defense this week, uh, and so that that strategy came back and got me. I'm not too upset with a lot of these players with their results. It just didn't just didn't fall for me with with that strategy. My biggest takeaway though, and I'll see if you guys agree, is. You did not need to go big name, big budget to get a great score this week. I mean, looking at some of the production that a lot of these guys have had over a couple of games and some carryover MLS is back. If you look at the Dream Team, 155 points with the 11 players from the Dream Team only would have cost you 83.1 million from your budget. You could have had easily your bench full of scrubs had these guys here i mean we're looking at at chibilko we're looking at bear we're looking at jet we're looking at mueller uh zimmerman Tinnerholm, fc cincinnati deplane holy cow what is this in the dream team so there's a lot of value and that's what i want to stress as a huge takeaway round three there is a lot of value in these mid-price players that that i think a lot of fantasy managers can continue to take advantage of some of it has to do with the weird situation that we're in some of it has to do with some injuries that are going around but i think you do not need to worry as much about this budget if you're feeling some tensions and i'm seeing some of that on twitter right now and we're going to talk about it at that in just a second but that's my big takeaway is is there is definitely value to be out there and you should not be afraid to to take some of those chances especially as some of the budget gets a little bit tighter did that shock you all as well to see just how cheap the Dream Team was? Yeah, well, I mean, just how cheap it was this season, although that changed this week. <laughs> all, you know, I, I got the email from MLS this morning saying, oh, your team is over budget. You have to change your team or you're going to get kicked out, which, I mean, I thought it was kind of hard to do to get over budget before, although apparently Andrew Weeby managed to do it in his one week of playing <laughs> because his team isn't qualifying <laughs> um 
so, so yeah, but I, mean, I I do think there, you know, as the game goes forward and as this budget constricts, is going to really put a lot of pressure on you to move on to find budget options. Um, I, I, looking at my team this week, it was really a lot of pressure on the defensive teams. All, all every defender like I was targeting was like at eight. All of a sudden, it was like, whoa, where where did this come from? And I mean, that's what James had told us was going to happen with this algorithm. And I think we kind of finally saw it kick in this week. We didn't see it as much between three and four, which is really good because that was a tight schedule. But it really kicked in um, this past week. But yeah, I mean, I think we're going to continue to see dream teams as just guys get chances out of nowhere. You just see weird rotations, and you're never really sure what you're going to get on a given week. So I think that's probably going to be the norm for this season. So here's two reactions I got from Twitter. Uh, Dan and Shar Warchel on, on Twitter said, I dislike the new $125 million salary cap. I had over a $10 million increase that I can't use it. This is changing how I play significantly in that I can't play any subs and I'll have to play my best 11 and leave the bench cheap scrubs. Dislike all the changes from previous year. And then also uh, Sherry Snyder, one of our Patreon supporters, says, I grumbled slash whined two at first. My strength as a manager was building team value, especially in the early game, but playing keeperoos, otteroos, and switcheroos keeps things challenging, even with the fixed budget. So she's kind of on the fence, it seems. So a little bit two different sides there. Uh, Isaac, what's your reaction to this this new fixed budget? I love hate it. Or hate, hate love it. it. Um, I like it, It's already kind of starting to feel the squeeze, but that's because I've run all the switcheroos and otteroos, and it's becoming more of a struggle, especially with defenders, to, to be able to do that viably. Um, I love the challenge of that. Uh, that's kind of what draws me to fantasy to begin with is, you know, fitting all those pieces together, you know, finding that perfect, you know, starting 11 and, and four on the bench. Um, but I'm also like, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And that's, it's, uh, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm I guess I could say I'm on the fence about it. Like I, I get why we're doing it because it is creating so much variety and it's not yeah. just template teams, especially in double game weeks. Uh, so that's great. Um, but it does, you know, make my brain hurt. No, for sure. And and I think that that is that variety is what's making the game so much more interesting because there are different strategies. You can go with like I went with the defender strategy this week did not play out the combined with the double game week change. I mean, you can look at teams that you're banking on a second game more than a first game and and that's just mm-hmm. opening up the ways you can build your team that it may seem weird to have a player in your team but you're like, "Oh wait, they're playing DC in the next round. Got it. I get it. Completely don't worry about it." Uh, and, and it makes the switcheroos and keeperoos and otteroos harder, uh, which I know is a bit more of an advanced uh, tactic, which can be a little off-putting for some newer players. But it's hard, especially with this weird condensed double game week schedule that we're playing right now. Um, but I, I disagree with Dan that, and that's what I was trying to get at in the beginning of the show, there's so much value that we're seeing from these guys who are 7 and $8 million that I, I think it's very possible to have switcheroos on your bench uh and and try to get those activated 
and not worry about busting and only having to put 125 million into those players. It's it's hard decisions. I mean, I think that's maybe we'll talk about this in a second. Of those decisions are, I mean, are you playing Pozuelo this this week? He's 14 million. Are you going to be going with someone like Ladero, who's 12.5? You still have some of those guys like Pavone's 11.6, so he's pushing 12 million as well. Like you have a lot of these guys who are starting to hit high point values, and there are those decisions. And I think that's awesome i think that is an awesome development for this game to really make people think about the games and how they want to spend their money because for so long we've had that complaint of whatever i'll just buy all the big name players and there it is well that didn't work this week yeah well i mean to be honest i was i was just gonna say like i was able to have the money to swap in zimmerman and ladero to the more expensive players in the game this week so i mean clearly like what we had last week was a little too um little too generous on the budget side um i think it was almost too flexible for for switch rules to the point where like budget didn't really matter um if you're going to have a budget game it has to matter in in some way um and so i I think what we're seeing now is more of a correction but it's also probably fair to point out that it's probably an overcorrection just the way the algorithm is going to work remember this is actually week four right now all the players who had been good are the players who have had the insane price rises i mean i think like butner for new england uh, is up two million over the past two weeks, um, and I'm not sure where exactly he started, but I, he may have even been a total of three million uh, total, just because he's done so well. But eventually, he's going to get scored on as a New, a New York City fan. Hopefully, this week. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, th- eventually, like those guys are going to have bad games, which are going to knock them down. So, like right now, you just have a short window, and so their prices are a little bit inflated. You will see some of that to come down, where you have a much less you're only the truly elites are going to be truly expensive and so you'll have a little bit more parity it's just so tough for that to actually play out in a season like this where everything is condensed and you have so many games in such a short period of time and week to week makes such a big deal i mean you know this game this was not really designed for this short of leg of stints and that's not mls's fault it's not james's fault or ben's fault it's just the 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 hand we were dealt, but you know, I, I will, st- I do think we're going to see it balance out a little bit over time. So it won't be quite as much of a cross. Yeah. And this is the way it's designed. It didn't surprise me that we saw a lot of this fluctuation this week, because uh, for those of you who may be new or have forgotten it or getting back into it, the, the price change system looks at this sort of three week average, and then it kind of pairs it up against also a five week average as well to help within the more complicated secret side that we don't even know about but it's looking at these three and five week averages and how they compare to each other in, in a weighted values and we've solved the three week that's starting to play in we're hitting that five week now so it only makes sense that a lot of these players are going to have some crazy prices and like you were saying mike butner started at five he's at a two million plus uh since the beginning of the game and when he went up a whole million last week from yeah. from last week to, to tonight yeah, um, Daryl DK is also another one of those guys who's played well for three straight games, and he's got the full two two million price rise. And you're seeing him. I mean, he's one of those could be premium forwards if he keeps up the production he has. I as crazy as I or as this makes me feel like I have to agree. Doyle was all over DK in the in the game thread. And just talking him up, amazed at how he's playing in space and what he's doing for that team. And he's a fantasy guy we've got to keep an eye on. I I fully expect if he keeps playing the way he is, and you should go read some of Doyle's tweets about him. They're fantastic. It'll give you an idea on how good this kid is. 
Um, if he keeps playing like that, he should be 11 million in another couple of weeks, and he's going to earn every bit of that. And he's going to, you should have to make those choices. So his corrective algorithm is working. Um, we're looking at it. Um, last year, at any given time, if you were at good price rises, you were able to hit about four-ish super premium players. Those are your top end. Normally, we would say those are about 12 million and above. At any given point last year, you may be able to get four of those guys in your lineup and make sacrifices somewhere else. Um, this week, that's kind of what I'm seeing is you can fit four of those super premium guys that are all hitting about 12 million and above right now. And then you're having to make sacrifices somewhere else if you want to fit that many guys at that price point in your lineup. And that's what we expect. Um, now, I'll, I'll, we may have to re or talk about this again in three weeks. If some of these guys keep playing really well, maybe you can only fit one or two super premium guys in there. And that's okay too, especially if they're like Pozuelo, who's already at 14 million and just putting up a good average. If he's going to keep that up and hit 16, 17 million, you've got to make a hard choice. Is he worth basically two scrub or two middle of the road players to have one spot on your roster filled and maybe miss out on an auto rule. And that's, that's part of the strategy of the game. But I want to go back to Dan's point. Um, don't look at your price change as much this week. Um, they, they changed the algorithm this year and doubled it. Used to be you could only go up half a million. Now you can go up a million. So when Dan says he climbed 10 million, great. That's a, a great week. I'm sure his score reflects that. But last year, that would have only been a 5 million jump on your team value. So you're not, you're not missing out on a whole 10 million. You're really missing out on a 5 million increase. And that's still a great week, but I don't, I know we ended up topping out of the season last year around 130 million on the high end. Most players were averaging about 125. So it's seeing a 10 million increase would, would just blow that old system out of the water. <laughs> that's a good point. That, that's a good one reminder. thing I'll also add is that with the condensed schedule that we're getting, it, a lot of players are going to start getting ones. Um, just because of the rotation. And what we think we learned from this algorithm is it brutally punishes ones. So I, I don't think that players are going to be may, be able to maintain their prices. Right now, you know, players have been able to play throughout. That's not going to last. Everyone is going to get rotated. You're going to see more things like we saw in the Miami game where they pretty much just bought on all their good players in a five-man substitution all at once, <laughs> you know, for like a 20-minute stint, and they didn't get a goal. So those all those players pretty much got ones. We're, we're going to see a lot more of that. And you have can be thankful that you're not going to suffer in your budget because of that. In the past, that would have been an absolutely brutal hit. Uh, to your budget if, if you mess that up. And this is not going to be anything that you're going to be able to predict with any kind of certainty. We're not getting injury reports. No beat reporter is out of practice. Any information we're getting is based off of what coaches choose to tell reporters over Zoom. That's like the least reliable source of information out there. Um, it's just going to have to, you know, depends on what the coaches are feeling and how the players are feeling. We're not going to know any of that. So I think it's going to end up working overall in the, in the future, just kind of give it some time. The rest of the quick wrap-up uh, for for round four, uh, we only had th four clean sheets out of three games in this. Uh, so Toronto got a clean sheet. Cincinnati and Columbus got a clean sheet, which in my book is a win for Cincinnati. Uh, and then uh, we had a clean sheet from Nashville, 
uh, on Sunday as well. So we had a lot of one-point games sneaking here. We had three teams that got four points. One of that was Portland against RSL. This is this is two weeks in a row that RSL has put up some goals. So fantasy-wise, that is that is someone. Those are that's a team you want to keep an eye on. I was actually wondering how all these. I'm just going to call them shenanigans, and that is all we're going to say about it. Uh, that's going on with RSL would have impacted their team, and so I was sort of hoping that my uh, Portland players would have done a little bit better. Uh, but I'm sure uh, Isaac was happy for them not to get get three points out of that. <laughs> sure. Uh, and of course, the Sounders game was ridiculous uh, at, at the end, as well as that Nashville game. I, I think. Um, People were a little unsure about Nashville and maybe had some higher hopes. I'm still unsure Miami. about Nashville. I, I think no, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. But I think people were unsure about Nashville going into it, thinking that Miami definitely had more of a chance than than the way this game ended up being with some of the money they've dropped and some of the players they have. But um, hey, whatever. I think I saw at least one team shared in in the Fantasy Boss Discord where someone had the. The, what Willis for the goalkeeper for Nashville and then Zimmerman and maybe Romney like they had a whole defensive back line from Nashville and and if that was your team congrats you are having a great <laughs> night tonight you had a great day yesterday and I am happy for you because that's awesome good good job right there uh, Philadelphia was the other team that got four goals for themselves against DC who I ragged on earlier in the show uh, and then LA and San Jose had a crazy game as well that ended up going LA's favor three to two. So, uh, and Mike, I'll give you your props. Uh, New York City FC got three goals against Chicago. We did. We actually didn't look like terribly ferocious. Yeah. For, yeah. for the entire game, uh, it's weird what happens when Max Morales plays. <laughs> it is. It is. It is so crazy. And, and Blaine, nobody likes Polito anymore. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> Reed, I want to. I want to piggyback on a little bit of that because one of those things, like you, people went, guys that went with Nashville, great. That's amazing picks. Um, watch the lineups. I mean, I I was kicking myself. I put Mullins in, and I got so excited about seeing a 4.0 starter as a forward that I just put him in. And then I started watching that game, and the commentators were like, "Oh yeah, no tighter, and no somebody else. I can't remember who else wasn't playing for my Yeah, I'm like, oh well, I should have put another defender in there. Like, they're missing everybody now. Like, it, it's one of those, we, we worried about goals, and then all of a sudden it was, oh, Montreal doesn't have anybody that can score a goal. I need, I should have gone defense. <laughs> and, yeah. and this snowballed on me because I had Mullins in there. I wasn't about to take out DK with the way he had been playing and how hot he was, but I wanted to shortlist Casper Shabilko at that point. And if I didn't have Mullins, I would have put Casper in my team at that point because of how bad DC has been. And then I saw the lineup and I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. And I wanted to go there. So watch the lineups, everybody. There's a lot of telling information and some of these bad teams, when they start changing things, they get really bad, really fast. So that's it for, for me, for the quick wrap up of round four guys, uh, Isaac, Mike, anything that we missed fantasy wise that we need to point out before we move on to our housekeeping. Um, I think pretty much covered it. I mean, I was one of the lucky ones who had a Nashville defender. So Lovitz was my backup for bench fails, and I had a lot of bench fails. He was a 4.0 defender. I figured Nashville at home, solid defenders. Miami is still, you know, an expansion team. Let's just go for it, and it paid off. There you go. There you go. Just 
Just soak it in. Enjoy it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the housekeeping section. Uh, as we have mentioned a couple times before, round five is a big double game week. It also starts on September first so yes that's tomorrow this thing is kicking off tomorrow so if you're listening tonight or today when, good when you. you're listening to this. <laughs> or exactly if you're listening tonight good job if it's tomorrow which is today when you're listening then in the future what yes uh everything <laughs> starts on tuesday september 1st so be sure to get your teams set it kicks off again with one of our groundhogs day games with toronto versus montreal uh, at 8 p.m eastern time so uh, it's only one game, so you still have time to get your roster set if you miss it, but I think they're going to be some Toronto players that people want. Uh, and, of course, since we're having a lot of quick turnarounds, I'm also going to go ahead and plug round six. Round five goes from 9-1 to 9-6, and then round six starts on 9-9, so a three-day turnaround right there. So everyone just needs to be aware of these quick turnarounds that we're having because of this condensed schedule. Uh, I'm also going to do a shameless plug at this time and uh if you haven't noticed there are still fantasy articles that are coming out for uh, the official mls soccer game over in the fantasy news site there skyler has been writing the weekly uh, ranking articles uh, he is off this week and so i have thrown my hat in for for some rankings and it was it was weird trying to write this article with the the changes in price that have come and some of these weird results and a lot of times i just found myself making even surprising decisions for me when i was thinking okay if i was building my team would i be going for this guy now do would i really want hmm so uh would love to hear the feedback probably it'll be hate mail and that's fine uh but uh please check out the uh the, the fantasy player rankings this week because um, it'd be a lot, of, a lot of help this is a big double game week round the double home game teams are Columbus, New York Red Bulls, and Houston. That's right. Houston was off last week. They're back this week with the double home game. The double away game teams are Philadelphia and New York City FC. And then we also have four teams who are on a single game week. They're losers. Uh, no, they're not. But um, <laughs> the four teams on a single game week are Montreal, Dallas, Colorado, and Vancouver. And Cherry, to help you out, if you're looking for a team that could help you with, with switcheroos, then Colorado is the team I'm, go I'm going to say you should look at. They're the last of the single game week teams who play. They play the very last game on... September the 5th, which is 1030 against San Jose Earthquake. So that's a lot of time for you to see some results um, if you're going to try to get someone to swap in. N some of the teams will have played twice by then, so you can't get everybody. Uh, like Houston's played twice by then, but uh, there are more teams who are playing on Sunday, September 6th, and so you will still have some pivot ability, some switcheroo ability, if you're uh, just trying to hope to force a transfer with one of your Otteroos or something. Let's see here, checking through anything else people need to know. That's all that I have for the important updates, unless you guys have missed something, or if, Mike, if there's some injury information you want to throw out there. I know we had Rui Diaz who left early. I heard that was just precautionary, uh, but we'll have to see. Uh, that's that's what it was. It was like uh, precautionary, unless there's something new that's come out today, and maybe we'll let Isaac I, speak to I that. haven't seen anything new, but, I mean, he got injured right before halftime and then came off. Um, I don't know if Isaac's heard anything more. No, nothing new it was a heel contusion which is an issue he's had in the past so it was definitely precautionary uh who knows if it ends up keeping him out of any games that's why it's so important to look at lineups mm -hmm. but fortunately they have jordan morris 
Yeah, they have Jordan Moore. And Will Bruin. Dance... <laughs> Will Bruin uh, has looked really good in his comeback, honestly. He had a great little no-look hit heel setup. Uh, it's we mentioned Toronto players. Um, I looked it up. Um, I, I don't know a timetable on Patrick Mullins. He'll likely be out. But Josie <laughs> Altidore and Akinola are said to be available for tomorrow. So that out like canola 5.0 that's a good, mm-hmm. good right there mm-hmm. that would be there's a lot of cheap forwards yeah. this week if you really want to all right well if there's nothing else that you guys want okay. anything else you want to throw in for housekeeping uh, oh and bell is out for two weeks or through the remainder of phase one but we kind of covered that last week mm-hmm. uh Gotti Keenda picked up a red card so he's out which was the only midfielder for kansas right. city i was recommending um park roger has two what Parker had a red too. Parker had a red. Um, Espinoza and Winston Reed for Kansas City both came off injured. Um, and Ilya has been away for family issues. Um, don't know how long he's planned to be gone, but that's a bunch of Kansas City players that are out this week. Um, All right, good deal. The one last thing I will ask before we move on to our player selections is, last week we gave our thoughts about this new double game week scoring system, and I thought I'll give Isaac a second if you want to just give your reactions to this new double game week rule since we shared it last week. I mean, it's kind of like with the the new budget. Like, I love, hate it, hate, love it. Um, (laughs) I think it, it allows for so much more opportunity for player picks. Like, you don't have to go for the floor players. You can go with the boom bust players or the the wingbacks that tend to get assists or even you could use a bench spot on someone who's typically a super sub like El Sino because you know okay he might not start both games but he might get you know 30 to 60 minutes and you know score two goals like you know it's it makes every player a little you know worth at least worth a look I like it yeah no that's I love it so much uh, all right well that's what we have the again the big important news for the housekeeping for round five is that the game start on 9-1, which is Tuesday, so either tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this show. And then round six is another quick turnaround starting on 9-9. So keep those dates in mind and check lineups. Now let's move on to our player picks for round five. All right. Um, I know I've seen some people talk about rotations. Uh, do you guys think that we're going to see some rotation risk more than usual now that we're getting to some some pretty quick turnarounds again in round five. Definitely. Oh, yeah. All right, that was that was easy. Um, but we'll see what <laughs> it's going to turn out to be. I know we had a few players who, who kind of went in for 60 or 45 minutes in this round. Maybe that was to save them for, for this. I think one of the ones that are maybe most, most concerning for people is Toronto since uh, they have the double this week and they played so recently. But... I'll let you guys, I won't steal your thunder from any of this. So let's start off with keepers and defenders, Blaine. Um, Given the way the last game went, I think you have to double up back here with Toronto. Um, Take take Westberg and a defender on your bench and see how they do in that first game. I mean, their second leg is Vancouver. So you could really just set them in the lineup and forget them and save money elsewhere. I don't think it's ever advised to put a first game keeper on your, just in your lineup because you want to have that flexibility, but I'm pretty much guaranteed. I'm going to be going with Westberg. If I'm sinking 8 million into a keeper, I'm expecting him to play. Um, 
I have got Aro slotted in there because he's 6.7. I do like Mavinga better this week, but I just, the budget wise, I actually ran into a few budgetary constraints. So I went with a few cheaper options here and I'm, I'm kind of rolling that way. And then I just targeted the double home teams or teams that I thought had a pretty good shot at it. So right now I'm, I'm looking at a Columbus defender. I've got Josh Williams in there as a placeholder. Columbus is one of those defenses that rotates quite a bit. And so I'm expecting him to get one of those two games. Um, uh, again, looking at Red Bulls, um, I don't trust DC to score. I've slotted in a Red Bulls defender right now in Tarek because of the price, just kind of trying to see what I can do. Um, but I will be taking one Red Bulls defender for sure, whoever is starting in that first game. Uh, because DC has just shown they can't score and the Red Bull defense looks pretty good. Um, both Columbus and Red Bulls have um, have Philadelphia as one of their two games this week, which is not a game I would be banking on. Um, <laughs> that's just, that, that makes it really tough to predict, so that may hurt your view on Columbus, and I don't blame you for that. Uh, they get Philadelphia in that first game, and if you are worried about rotation and you don't see your guy starting in the first game, um it can be it can be crazy. You could you could pick a guy who's gonna go and then they're not gonna play the Cincinnati game where they've got a better chance at a clean sheet and you can't change it. So uh, take Columbus at your own risk. But I am looking at them still. And then I've got Elvis Powell slotted in for Nashville. I like the way they've been playing. Um, or no, sorry, Elvis Powell for Miami. I like the way I just I was looking for somebody cheaper, had some good games. Nashville doesn't score. I'm looking at that second game again, which is. Again, take the second game at your own risk, but I don't see Nashville getting as many goals. They don't have that look to them. And so I think a guy that's at 5.3 um, hosting Nashville, that's one I'm going to be interested in. All right. So we go to you, Mike. So I am also going with um, Westberg in, in goal. Um, uh, my general philosophy on Toronto this week is that Vancouver and Montreal are two of the worst teams in the league. And so that pairing of games is probably the best two pairings. So each of them are going to get a decent shot. And their schedule hasn't been as rigorous as some of the other ones because of the kind of weird Canadian spacing with the Canadian tournament that they've been doing. So I'm not as concerned about them as I am for some of the other teams. Um so I have uh, Mavinga. I had the money for him. Um, I, I may kind of change that up. Um, but I, I kind of had some cheaper players in midfield, so he was able to, to work out for me. I have Williams right there as the placeholder, but I'm with Blaine. I'm really worried. I don't want that Philly game. I want the uh, the Cincinnati game for their defender, defenders, and I don't see that lineup. So that may just make me change unless I feel comfortable enough just to go with a, a defender or maybe I'll put the defender on the bench. Um, we'll kind of have to see about that. Then I have a, a name, which I, I will, will probably change it after this podcast, but I was like, this will be fun just to talk about on the podcast. I have Francisco Calvo in there from the Chicago fire. Um, he got 11 points in his game against Cincinnati and I don't trust Cincinnati to score. Um, I also am not super impressed with new England, um, without Carlos Heel, I, I still kind of doubt their abilities. They've kind of had a little bit of success, but it's just not, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like super terrified about what they're going to do on the road. So Calvo has been getting some pretty okay points. So um, 
I have him in there. And then I have Deplon on me because um, Columbus showed absolutely nothing uh, against that block. Um, and I also think that um, Chicago against that block is not going to break that down. So that's kind of what I have right now because I don't really trust a whole lot of defenses. <laughs> Isaac, what about you? Panda. I'm going a little – a little different. Okay. Uh, I don't have I don't have Westberg. I do have two Toronto defenders, but I'm going with Room in goal, uh, and I'm just going to leave him on the bench and probably keep him there. Uh, I think the two Columbus games, Room should be good for both. I think those are the two games that will have the least amount of goals allowed. I mean, Columbus has only allowed two goals all season, if you don't count the MLS's back. Um, so I've got Room, and then uh, starting. Defenders. I've got Mensa because I figure he is probably the safest Columbus defender. Uh, if anyone's going to go to, it's going to be Mensa. He is expensive, but you know, might be worth it. I've also got Mavinga starting because he should also go to also like the clean sheet chances. And then on my bench doing a, a switch, I've got Aro because you know it's Toronto and he, he gets very much involved in the attack. And then I've got Huan for Orlando, super cheap, four point eight. Uh, like you said, Nashville doesn't score, and then uh, who knows what Atlanta is going to do in Orlando. And Orlando have just, you know, put the smackdown on Atlanta, so I kind of expect a similar result. Uh, other defenders I've looked at, I like Waston for his BP generation, and they kind of proved this last week that maybe their defense isn't as bad as we all expect. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I guess that was my big takeaway from last week was, you know, don't necessarily ignore Cincinnati defense. Could be could be a good good spot for points. And I also like the Calvo show. That's another one I looked at quite a bit. Whoops. Sorry, I loaded up my my spreadsheet right here. Um, no, Room, I think Room is a great, a great shout out. I was very excited to see him back in the lineup when uh, Columbus came back before. Um, I'm personally looking at at uh, at Westburg. I, I think it's just such a simple keeper to go with this week you start him on your bench see how he goes and then you can you have so many options to pivot to after that i mean you could go to room if, if you got if you got the money for that that's that's almost uh 17 that's million <laughs> that's almost 17 million tied up in keeper so you might want to look at somebody cheaper which i mean if you take a look at this um if you're looking for a cheap keeper right here you may look at connor sparrow over in uh, Chicago he started last week he's 4.7 they have a couple of options but it may be Sparrow again Cincinnati New England like Mike was saying could turn out well for Chicago um, but you also have Joe Willis he got the clean sheet this week against Miami they'll be playing Miami again this week they also played Orlando which Orlando's been scoring so you may not be banking on that game uh, but you might have a shot with another clean sheet out of Joe Willis and he is a 4.1 million keeper so if you wanted to do some on the cheap you've got some options right there as well uh, going on to defense, I was so happy, Mike, that you mentioned an FC Cincinnati player. We've gotten a lot of clean sheets recently. Got some good value there. Um, I don't think I would still start an FC Cincinnati player, but I think they're, they've become some pretty viable switcheroo options. Um, if you look at Vanderveer, uh, he is 5.2, so he's one of the cheapest ways into the Cincinnati back line, plays there next to Waston. Uh, the plane is definitely uh, probably be one of my, my favorite defender um to go for in fantasy i still do just love waston though just just that's just good times but you never know when that red card's gonna come 
that's <laughs> that's the <laughs> thing with Watson. You never know when the red card's going to come. And uh, but, you know it's coming. But you know it's coming, exactly. You <laughs> yeah. know it's coming, but you never know when. So that's the only thing that makes me hesitate from Watson, even though I think he's a little bit cheaper than the plane. Uh, but you've got that there. Other value uh, defenders you could look at, I mean, you've got Dave Romney as well. I mean, Lovitz, like you were mentioning before, mm-hmm. Isaac, is, is super well, cheap. Lovitz, Lovitz has been on some corner kicks and set pieces, so he's got a, a pretty big upside. Romney kind of gets that bonus from just – being with Zimmerman and and just having mm-hmm. some of those defensive production value there, but five point nine, so lots of cheap value there. Um, otherwise, did anybody say Tinnerholm? Did I just miss that? No, I was that? actually going to bring it because I see okay. a number of people are mentioning in the chat. I yeah. figured I should defend Wyden. Um, to me, Tinnerholm hasn't been producing that much this season, unless Maxi Morales is there. Like he wasn't didn't do a whole lot in the first half. He really came on in the second half once Max Morales was on and drawing attention to himself and that New York city looked like old New York city in the second half. Um, although Alex ring was playing as a left winger and that's really weird, but we won't go into that, but for fantasy purposes, I don't know if that's that helpful for this double game week because the first game in New York city's double game week is at new England. Uh, Max Morales has been nursing a calf issue. He only played the second half. I cannot imagine he is playing much on that Gillette stadium turf. Um, that that seems to me Maxi is going to get rotated out, maybe only play a little bit. And so the rest of Tenor Holmes' bonus points haven't been that great. Um, so then you're really just banking on a clean sheet chance, which New York City has not looked good enough defensively to do. So then you're really kind of banking everything on the D.C. United game, which I think that's a fair enough chance. But, you know, I don't know if you're just going for offense productive. To me, New York City has not been good enough at keeping clean sheets. You're really only looking at Tinner Home for offense productive production. So I think there's some better my philosophy is I'm trying to take players who are at least like really super awesome chance at a clean sheet or two good chances at a clean sheet. And Tinner Home doesn't fit that for me. But I mean I can see why you would go for him, but it's only all for the offense production against DC. He's also 7.2, so he's pretty easy to work into a lot of budgets right now with with the way a lot of these defenders are. Uh, though we did mention Aro as well, who I think is another awesome shout-out. 6.7, so some really great value right there. Um, I know we all talked about shying away from Philadelphia because they've got some good, good offensive power. They've got some defensive chops as well. Uh, maybe not the best game for them. Columbus is probably the biggest risk of scoring. Red Bulls have not been that great. Uh, but Jack Elliott's another one, six point four, a really easy guy to work into your to your defense. I think he even giving up some goals last week. I think he still got four points, so he's he's getting some bonus point production that that really helps these defenders when it comes down to that. Okay, let us move on to midfielders, Mike. All right. Um, well, I think the, probably the most first names on my clean on my team sheet this week was Pazuelo. Um both Montreal and Vancouver are, have not been shown to be good defenses. Um, Pozuelo has been really consistent, probably one of the most consistent players in fantasy so far this season. Um, so I have him first. Uh, then I have Blanco. Um, he did really well for me last week. Um, I, I still don't trust uh, the L.A. defense. Um, and then, you know, Seattle – uh, I know they've been a lot better, but I think still think there are some questions about their defense. So I, I think he's a pretty decent uh, two-game stint. Then I have Quintero. 
Um, I think Blaine thought we were going to escape this podcast without talking about the 5-2 SmackDown that happened after we recorded Monday's podcast, but I didn't forget about it. Um, uh, and Quintero had a massive game. Um, Minnesota has really, really struggled. And then Houston gets to play Sporting Kansas City again. Um, well, I don't know if I would predict another 5-2 beatdown uh, because that rivalry game can go back and forth. At $8.6 million, that's a pretty decent shout. Um, then I have Nani. Uh, one of the best things about Nani is he's already been rotated. He sat out most of the first game against Atlanta. Then he plays Nashville and Atlanta. Both of them have had um, – I mean, Nashville had a clean sheet last game, but I, I still think it's been kind of hot and cold with them, which I mean, is typical for an expansion team. And Nani has just been absolutely consistent. Um, he's been one of the best players in MLS this year. Uh, and we saw it throughout the MLS's back tournament. And he's one of the few players who actually that can kept going into the regular season. Um, so I have him. And then I also have Leggett. Uh, we talked about how the LA Galaxy have not really trained completely, completely 180 from MLS's back. Uh, Leggett has been a huge part of that success. I think he's got goals in both of his games. Uh, he's been very productive. Um, and then, we talked about Portland. They haven't kept a clean sheet since I think 2019. Uh, and then LAFC, if you saw their defense against Seattle, they have some really serious issues. And especially without Vela as a threat up top, uh, I think they're very vulnerable to the counterattack. LA Galaxy has been putting up a ton of goals so far. So at 8.4 million, um, he's a really cheap option and allows you to spend some money elsewhere. So, um, yeah, I have five midfielders in my team, and that's what I did. All right, uh, let's go to you, Isaac. Do, do you have questions about the Seattle defense? Always. Always. Fair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's uh, it's difficult for me to want to pick Seattle players just because I'm so invested, and I get so disappointed if they don't perform fantasy-wise. Um, then I'm elated when they do. Um, <laughs> but I, I just feel so close to it that I don't feel like I can be objective with the fantasy picks. Uh, but that said, I do have Joao Paulo in my midfield. Uh, he's showing that he is just as much of a bonus point generator as Ladero. Uh, maybe even more so, because it seems like the way they play is Paulo can sit back a little bit and be a deep playmaker, which leaves Ladero to just go up and, and roam the attack and just do whatever he wants. So it kind of raises Ladero's ceiling, but Paulo kind of eats some of Ladero's floor, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I don't know, they both got sub pretty early in this last game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're both pretty safe to start both games. I, I think if they rotate, they're, they're going to rotate for the, the game in Salt Lake since elevation. But you really want Seattle players for Portland because that rivalry is always crazy. There's always goals. Uh, Blanco always seems to manage to find the back of the net. So I'd recommend Blanco, but I also, if you take him, I, you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> so take Valeri um, instead. Yeah, I mean, Valeri's probably more of a rotation risk. Um, yeah. Let's see, who else do I got? I've got Pozuelo. Everyone's going to have Pozuelo. Um, I think that's kind of a no-brainer, which sometimes for fantasy, that is like a red flag. It seems like an obvious pick, so, you know, it's going to go wrong, of course. Um, I've got Darwin Quintero, of course, because uh, I mean, he came out pretty early in their last game. They're coming off a bye, well-rested, two games at home. He probably has the highest ceiling of any midfielder this week, I think. Because, like you said, Minnesota defense is struggling. Uh, Kansas City is starting to fall apart. Uh, I also have Christian Espinoza from San Jose. 
they play in LAFC, and as we just talked about, their defense is in shambles, and then they play at home to Colorado, who haven't kept a clean sheet uh, in their last eight games, I think, including the tournament. Um, and with Magnus Eriksson no longer on the team, Espinosa's taking more set-piece duty, more corners. Probably should be on penalty kicks, I think, unless Elanis is taking them. I don't know. Did you not have a boost for Vaco without Eriksson, or is it a price thing? Um, well, I mean, Vaco, I think, is point two more than Espinosa now because of how well he did. I just mm-hmm. think because Espinosa has more of the the uh, you know set piece and corner duty, mm-hmm. I just kind of like him a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could see going both ways, but I think Vaco is probably more of a rotation concern as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I I try to fit in uh, Gregus Gregush. Uh, even though Minnesota's kind of fallen apart, he's still an excellent floor player. He's on all the set pieces. Just need to bag one goal, and he probably assisted, and that's a double-digit game for, for Greg Hirsch. Um, But my probably most controversial pick is I have Namley from Colorado. Mm. He's really more of a backup scrub if my bench fails, because I like to prepare and plan my, my uh, backups and actually have them on my field. So that way, if my bench fails, like I assume it will every week, I'm already prepared. It's good to go. I don't need to scramble and find someone. Uh, Namley's been having some good offensive returns and San Jose has proven that their defense really isn't worth looking at necessarily. They're pretty weak to set pieces. Uh, I think Namley could come up, you know, pretty big in that game, but that's only if all of my bench fails. Otherwise I scrub them out and I might upgrade a forward or something like that. I do not think you are crazy to have that. I uh, was actually considering adding Namley to, to my midfielder, rankings as well but i ended up dropping him just because of the single game um i know that san jose can be a little bit tough sometimes with their their uh man-to-man but mm-hmm. but i still put a note so absolutely i do not think namely is namely should not be a ridiculous pick for anybody who's looking for a solid differential with the ability to to swap out for somebody else so uh that is a that's a great shout out absolute great shout out and I can take off my note for mentioning him myself. So this is the hardest part for me is is I, of course, set my lineup and everything before we come in. I try to think about some of the stuff and I hear everybody talking and it Im- impacts me as well. Because, I mean, I'm looking at, at my players. I mean, I've got Mueller at, in my team right now because he's had some absolutely amazing results. I think I saw some people in chat mention him going up against... Uh, Nashville and Atlanta. They already got the result against Atlanta this week, so you can just wonder if that kind of happened again. Um, makes it really tough. I, I don't have Quintero in my team, but I'm trying to figure out if I if I can. I don't have Aronson in my team, but another player who I'm trying to figure out, can I? But but I've got Legette, I've got Ladero, I've got Pozuelo. I've also got Ring in my team because he's had some great results. Some of that, again, like you were saying, Mike, is kind of banking on the DC game. Uh, can ring get some good production he's also under 10 million so there's there's some uh some value right there but there's there's a lot of a budget guys and it's this is really tough i think this week because there are some great guys if you want to go budget you've got memo i think he's under six million still uh for houston if you can't afford quintero or you just want to have a differential player um it's there's there's a lot of great options if you want to double up on toronto i don't know if you go with piotti this week if if you're going to try to go heavy toronto and i can understand why because uh montreal is middle of the pack as far as defense goes vancouver is near the bottom as far as their defense goes and if you're betting against them montreal and vancouver are number 25 and 26 in shots on goal for the whole league so i mean this 
going heavy with Toronto is is sort of a no-brainer, I think, this week, which you're exactly right. Isaac sometimes is a red flag. So <laughs> double double hat trick for Thierry Henry this week, player coach. Um, is what's, <laughs> yeah. is what's going to happen. But there's there's so it's it's a wild week. There's lots of, of options. I think people can go. You guys have done great at I think picking up uh, some of the best ones. Didn't hear Zella Ryan. I don't think did anyone say Zella? Did I miss it? No, not I'm, I'm still not with these matchups. Yeah, <laughs> still still kind of wait and see to see how he uh, comes back from that injury. Yeah, maybe shaking out some cobwebs still. I think a lot of us yeah. jumped jumped that gun. Although like, ooh Cincinnati. Caleb Porter has been saying he doesn't expect to rotate. Now, I don't know if that's just, you know, smoke and mirrors, but I expect both those games to be really low scoring. Uh, if anyone's also looking for some other cheap options, you can take a look at, I think, Alex Muil down in, in Nashville. He's 4.1. I I don't – I think he had a goal called back this yeah. week. Yeah, yes, he had yes. a goal, but he fouled him in the box. Right, that's right. He got the goal call back and Godoy got the goal, but he did have he he was doing some stuff. So he could be a very strong differential for somebody. Um, and then also over for New York Red Bull, uh Omir Fernandez is a five point two plays in midfield. Had some some good some good numbers last week. I don't know what kind of consistency is gonna happen at at the Red Bull. So I definitely don't recommend that as as a starting player, maybe it's a bench switcheroo option. I don't know if you're just if you're feeling crazy and you want to go with something. Um, there's a couple of, of value players if you're truly having trouble stretching your funds. And of yeah, course, Reed, you know. I, Reed, I know I had a bad week last week, and I know my midfielders were awful, but you can't skip me for this section. Did I skip you? Yeah, I'm so. I don't blame. Sorry. I don't blame. No, I don't blame I'm you with so the week sorry. I had. With the week I, I don't deserve it. the only good midfield pick I had last week was Pozuelo, so I'm gonna throw him right back out there. I guess you're gonna recommend Kinda or something like that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> the, guy, the yeah. guy in the red card. Uh, well, yeah, let's ask you that question straight up. What about Johnny Russell? I, I wanna, I wanna like him, but it's just he's so hit or miss, and the rotation with um, Gerso and Shelton out there. Like, if Shelton's healthy, Shelton's a guaranteed starter, so it's a toss-up on whether it's going to be Gerso or Russell starting. And that just that makes it so hard to pick Russell on any of those. I have him in my draft league, so I don't have to worry about it. I just play him every week, hoping. But, yeah. No, I'm probably overcorrecting, but I went with both Ladero and Valeri this week in my first draft. Um, I lost out on a lot of points last week because I took some guys out and so I'm just going with the kind of the proven commodities and hoping to make up some ground while everybody else tries to play cute with all these other ones. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a shot right there. I'm sorry. Um, I just got so excited that somebody mentioned Emil that that I just I just went with it. No, no, and I get it. Um, I actually had some other names. You stole one of them, and I was looking at Mueller. Um, I like I like the Nani shout, but Mueller has been really hot right now, and it just given the way these two teams two teams that he's playing or go, I can see him having another big game in one of these two. Um, and then my, my fifth spot is really tough. I'm actually, I wanted to go with some differentials. I had Zeller I on, but just the way they've played, I don't know if, if I trust it. I Philly and Cincinnati seem to have those defenses that can shut somebody down, which make, I wonder if I can get just some better consistency elsewhere. So I'm actually I want to see the lineup, but I'm toying against just betting against DC and going with the Red Bulls attacker or midfielder here. And nobody's really standing out to me yet, 
but Casper is looking at he's only at six uh six million right now. He is taking corners and set pieces and now Gotti Keend is out this first game. Um and Dallas has not been the strongest team right now. They've got enough kids. I don't know, I just Busio's numbers are going up steadily and I can see him doing something really big. And at six million stashing him on the bench and just going with it is not a bad idea for me, especially when you take away the best playmaker Kansas City's had in the midfield in Kinda. It just I can see this first game being huge for Busio after he scored um, a great stri- a free kick strike in this last game. Confidence is running high. He's playing well. I could just see him carrying that through to one more game when he's got even more pressure on his shoulders. And we got an update from Adam Tamborello who says that if you are looking at someone uh, like Omir, that he's definitely a lineup check. So may not be a good value pick there. Let's move on to forwards. Isaac, who you got? Um, nothing exciting. Gustavo Bo, I think, is probably going to be on everyone's radar. Uh, and we already talked about how New York City on the road – you know, isn't necessarily a good defensive option. And it seems like with the uh, heel out, the attack flows through Bo. So if New England scores, good chances Bo was involved, either scored the goal or assisted. Uh, I've got Albert Elise on my bench for Houston. I figured two bites of that apple. Yes, anytime, any, any, any double game week. But he is pretty inconsistent, which is why I have him on my bench fighting with defenders for that, that scrub spot mm-hmm. for the switcheroo. And then because uh, I ran out of money, I'm going with kind of a a cheap LAFC forward with Brian Rodriguez. He burned me last week, but I'm willing to give him a second shot just because with Vela out, he's been on corners, he's been on set pieces. He has looked really good. He looked good in that game against uh, Seattle. It just did not translate to fantasy numbers. I think he was just a couple of, you know, actions off of, uh, you know, two or three bonus points. Uh, And those matchups are pretty tasty. So if Bob Bradley can whip him into shape, I think he's a pretty good budget pick. There we go. Blaine. Hey, you remembered me. Um, I think the community's forcing me to do it, so I've got Zardes in there still. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just his average uh, goals per game, he's due again. Um, so I expect him to get one in one of these two games. Um, I'm worried about the lineups, but I'm thinking Rui Diaz. I'm worried about that injury, but he has just been so hot the way the team's been playing lately. Again, this may be an overcorrection trying to pick up on some points I've missed out on. But I just I, – I, I see him getting goals in one of these two games. Uh, I can see multiple goals against RSL pretty easily. It's just – it's so late, it's hard to do. I actually have him on the bench. That's 12.4 on the bench, but I kind of want to see what's going to happen there. And then I'm going to keep riding the young kid. I've done this a couple – I've done this before with Orlando, and it's paid off really well. Uh, with Kyle Lauren. So I'm going to go with DK again. Um, I just, he, he's been a monster. He's, his average is 9.3 right now. And I don't, he's going to have to drop off at some point, but playing in Nashville and then home to Atlanta, I just, I, I see points coming again. I'm going to, I'm going to gamble with it. And I'm, I'm just going to run with the kid while he's hot. And until he loses that starting job, he may be one of those set-and-forget type of players for me. Mike, who are you looking at? Uh, a bunch of cheap options. Um, I, I do have uh, Bo in my lineup as well. I, I mean, I think kind of 
we haven't talked about his general picture, but I mean, I think this is one of the weakest forward lineups we've had for fantasy pictures. You know, Bella's out. You don't have a whole lot of traditional, you know, usually it's like you're choosing between three or four must have picks. Right now we're talking about a bunch of young guys and cheap picks. Um, but I mean, I think Bo has been pretty consistent, you know, both before the tournament and, and afterwards. So I feel pretty confident uh, in him, especially against the New York City time, which I, th- I think there's going to be rotation in, in that game. Um, the second player I have, I- I've kind of bounced a lot between. Right now I have it with Jordan Morris. Uh, two goals in his last game. Uh, I like the Seattle matchup. Um, I didn't go with Ladero in midfield, so this kind of gives me some Seattle offensive coverage. Uh, then I have uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, on the bench, he's not like doing anything as part of an auto rue right now, um, but I, I kind of like he's he's five point five right now. I think he's gonna get keep getting starts with the team kind of needing a boost, and with a pretty decent uh, matchups with San Jose and the Galaxy not having the best of defenses, so I, I can see him getting some points. And so he's just kind of sitting there in in case I need him if something goes wrong. Uh, elsewhere, I can get us kind of scrub him and, and let him come in. Uh, but I was also kind of, you know, just to kind of throw out some other names. Uh, if Akinola or Josie Altidore plays, I, I would be really interested in that. I, I think I'm going to probably keep the Toronto defense just because defense has been so difficult, and Toronto does have like probably some of the best defensive matchups as well. But I think those are some decent options. And then, you know, I, I'm sure you were going to mention the Dancing Bear. Uh, Will Bruin, if you wanted cheap Seattle coverage, I, I looked at him a, a while as well. So we've mentioned Seattle a couple times. Uh, Isaac, if um, if Rui Diaz doesn't start, is it just an easy swap to Morris if that's a plan that people have? Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, I mean, because it's, you know, the price is just a little bit less. It was like $2 million less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Jordan Morris has just become so essential to Seattle's attack. Um, I think that's an that's an easy, easy decision there, um, but we'll see. Like I'm, I'm still concerned about rotation in uh, mm-hmm. in Salt Lake City. It just an elevation really slows sure. them down. Uh, a name uh, that but I if did... you have Ruby Diaz, sorry, if you have Ruby Diaz and he's not starting and Morris is, yeah, that's an easy easy swap to make. Yeah, I, I think that's what makes the injury not that bad to deal with is is it really is like well he's not there give me morse and because i i imagine one of them would probably start and so it's it's not something you're like oh crap i had to completely rework my lineup now what's going on i think it is a good an easy switch there if neither of them start then i don't know what schmetzer has in mind (laughs) like the i've only seen the dude yeah i I guess bruin but then who's gonna get bruin the ball you know i don't know he doesn't need it he just gets the ball um so one name I didn't hear was Pavone, and I actually really like Pavone this mm-hmm. week. He's he's done without Chicharito there. It's sort of all fallen to him, and he's he's been doing well with some assists and goals in these in these last two games. We already saw some good production against LAFC two weeks ago, which we have that rematch of El Trafico at the very end of this week. Uh, maybe there's some rotation at Portland for that, um, but. Um, We'll see. Portland gave up four goals to RSL uh, this this week, so I, I think there's a good shot for for Pavone as as a really strong forward option for this week. And he's he's eleven point six, so that that's kind of expensive. Mike, you didn't is and you probably because you're just just not confident in your team. You keep mentioning rotation, but what about Abear? 
Oh, well, I mean, I think for New York City, what Delia has done is the only substitutions he's generally making are the forward spots. So even if you see Castellanos or Hebert starting, he's pretty much been swapping them as as his subs. So none of them are getting 90 minutes. Um, so And it pretty much, I would assume... If Ebert gets start in game one against New England and Tati's on the bench, there'll be a substitution in the middle of the game. And then for the next game, it'll be the opposite way. Um, that's just kind of the way that Dealey has been managing things. It's pretty much true of all of the attackers. I expect it won't be true when Maxi Morales gets back healthy, if that ever happens this year, <laughs> which doesn't seem like it's going to be. But, I mean, that, that that's to me is the problem with taking New York City attackers is you're not getting a full 90 minutes. Otherwise, I think you guys are right on point with Bo. He's he's just great at producing those offensive points uh, as well w- with not just shots, but with uh, assists and, and, and pa- key passes and that. And that's just so crucial for a great, a truly great fantasy forward is is to have that selflessness to him that, that can help generate points as well. Um, but another cheap one I you guys didn't mention, I think, is, is definitely worth considering this week is Shabilko. Um, had had some great results these last couple of weeks. The Columbus game, I think, will be the hardest, but Philadelphia has a lot of pieces that that could give some opportunities for them. And then I, I like the matchup against the Red Bulls. It's not as juicy as I think most matchups are against D.C. or against Vancouver or Montreal right now, but, but New York Red Bulls is actually a team that, that I do look at as someone to target against if you're looking for some offensive potential right there. So uh, a couple other names... Right there, Blaine, you, you mentioned DK, uh, 7 million. Abobasi, still a 5.4. I, I, that's that's really cheap. Uh, I, I don't know about that production right there. Um, and, of course, I think if if we were looking for the, the best low-priced forward right now, if he does start, I think we would all want to go to Akinola at 5 million. But I do agree with you, Mike. I imagine a lot of us are already going to be full with three spots of RSL. RSL. Of Toronto with uh, probably doubling up on defense and going with Pozuelo. That's that's probably going to be a very common thread in a lot of people's teams this week. But if you buck that, if you just want to go with one defender and Akinola starts, could not blame you. Could turn out really well. I put him on your bench and see what happens for sure with that one. All right, final question as always, everybody. Who is your captain at least at this time, Blaine? I've still got it on Zardes after last week, but I you think it's got to be Pozuelo. Madman. Mike. I have it on pause. Isaac. Uh, I had it on pause, but I think I just talked myself into Darren Quintero. Ooh. I just think he's got a lot, a lot higher upside. I mean, I don't, like we were talking about earlier, I just got that feeling about Toronto. Maybe this is the week to skip Toronto because Tider's back, Payet's back. I, Thierry Henry is, you know, kind of a soccer mastermind. And then they have is to fly Canada? all the way across Canada to get to Vancouver. I don't know. Just have that feeling about Toronto. So I'm going with Quintero. Okay. okay. Do we know if Tider is, in fact, back? Uh, both him and Payette were out for having a kid. And uh, I think I saw a tweet okay. saying they should be back. So it wasn't okay. an injury or anything. I didn't, I didn't know how much paternity leave they were taking. I can't yeah, appreciate knows? that. As a <laughs> I mean, <laughs> luckily, it's the first game. We'll see the lineups, Yeah. you know. I can I can really appreciate that as a reason to skip. So, could I might be doing some of that myself. We'll see how 
how all that happens. Uh, uh, for me, I mean, right now I'm I'm still looking at Pozuelo uh, for for the captain. Um, I know. Yeah, I just have to be different. That's fine. No, that's fine. I love it. I love I love difference. I see a couple people mention uh, Pavone in in chat. I just have. I mean, even when it was, even when it was uh, Avella, I have such a hard time captaining a forward just because some so many of them are just boomer bust have to get those goals and there's just so much more opportunity for bonus points with with good attacking midfielders that it's hard for me not to captain a midfielder um and maybe that's just uh, oh. a character flaw i have to overcome but it's so hard reed, for me to not do that reed i answered your question last year with the golden rule you either if you're gonna do what i do and i'm i'm bad about it if you're gonna take forwards You've got to go forwards all the time and just hope that the boom and bust averages out and you get a few more booms and busts. Well, you're gonna go if you're gonna play your way, you you've gotta go with the midfielder and just get those steady points. You may you. get a little bit lesser game every week, but your average compared to the bust that I get, like a Zardes two, there you're gonna average out in the long run. Don't be switching back and forth. Well, if the other the other answer though on- is is you go with Bo because you're hoping to maybe get three mm-hmm. key passes and an assist out of him and gets a little quick four points right there. So which turns into yeah. eight. So I was just gonna say that Bo's got a pretty decent floor. So is you know even if he doesn't get on the on the score sheet, he's probably gonna get you a four or five, which is you no know, not bad for a captain, not mm-hmm. great, but at least would it's not guys, a two. Would you, <laughs> consider, two. would you guys consider the way Bo is playing more of a midfield role, just that he he's gonna miss out on the one clean sheet bonus point? I mean, he's still getting a lot of shots. I mean, it like last week, I think he had four shots, so he had shots on goal, so he had had a point from there. Um, I think he had a couple of points easy from from those things. So if he gets if he gets a couple of crosses, a key pass, gets gets a good amount of shots, maybe he gets an assist. I mean, you, you could quickly add up there for for what Bo is capable of compared to some other forwards who are really just the target man or. Like give it to me and I, ha- I have to score. So that's the boom and bust, but they're they're hard to find, and uh, it's it's sort of the advantage of what happens to Bo without heal because he has to do a little bit more of that. So, uh, but you definitely would rather have heal. Yeah. Yeah, you still have some of that forward upside with a little less risk than someone like mm-hmm. Zardes or yeah, Shabilko. All right, well, that's all that we have for the show tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us and for Isaac for coming here and uh, and yeah. sharing his thoughts with us. Uh, we're going to have final plugs. Anything you guys want to shout out before we close tonight? Blaine? Nothing from me. Okay. Mike? Um, I'll, I'll just kind of end on a serious note. Um, I got a lot of well wishes uh, last week when the hurricanes, two hurricanes were pointed both at New Orleans. Thankfully, none of them hit me. Uh, unfortunately, the same can't be said for the people of Lake Charles. It hasn't gotten a lot of national media attention, but that city has been absolutely devastated. Um, I think in the churches in the, that entire area, 34 of the churches, all of them have damaged. Nine of the 34 have been absolutely totaled. Um, there's a lot of uh, long rebuilding road ahead. So I would invite you, if you are able, to look in to see about uh, po- possibly pro- providing some assistant, assistance or financial assistance or prayers or whatever have you uh, for those people because they very much need it. Isaac. Um, just I'll plug the uh, Fantasy Boss Discord chat because that's where you'll find me most of the time. Uh, I'm always there giving terrible advice with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with conviction. There we go. 
That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, and th- but that's the greatest part about uh, the fancy Discord that I'll, I'll plug in mm-hmm. as well is you have people to throw your ideas off of. So yeah, um, you you get that feedback that you may want that that if you're waffling back and forth or even just lurking and seeing what people are talking back and forth. A lot of guys, I mean, Isaac himself will share his team, and so you can look at a couple different teams mm-hmm. and see what people are thinking about. Uh, maybe even help you narrow down a player pool, and and that's what we're really all about here. We try to give you a lot of ideas to help give you the information you need to make the best pick because we don't want you to have a cookie cutter team we don't want you to just copy who we're going to pick we want this to to be fun for you and for us part of that fun is definitely navigating these player pools so uh, in in some some game weeks the the chat is more fun than the games (laughs) yes they do they do chat during the games too so that's Mm -hmm. that's always fun uh, but yeah, head over to the Fantasy Boss Discord. You can check out MLSFantasyBoss.com. The podcast gets posted there. We also have Captain Picks that gets posted there. I usually post stats there as well, but it's just been so weird with this 2020 season that a lot of the ELO numbers and, and stuff are just are just wonky. Uh, but if we can get those back, we will as soon as that happens. And then, of course, over at, at r slash MLS on Reddit is a good community right there. and We post some feedback, comments, and rant threads. In particular, the weekly rant thread is often gold for... Uh, the, the frustrating moments of, of the season. So uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight, and good luck.